Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. Today we're going into the eighth chapter of Daniel. It won't be terribly long, but it'll be very deep, so I'm going to try to speak slowly so that you can uh, have time to think as we're going. I want to set the scene before we begin our study, but let's start with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for thy Holy Spirit to guide us this morning as we begin to study the little book that was closed in Daniel's time but opened in John the Revelator's time, which began the whole Advent movement over the whole world, was the understanding of this little book that was now opened at the end of time. I pray your guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to set the scene of what was going on in Daniel's mind when before we read chapter 8 of Daniel. Why, first of all, why were the Jews exiled? The Jews had disobeyed God's law of obeying the Sabbath. They'd been in the Promised Land for roughly 800 years, and for 490 of those years they disobeyed his Sabbath rest. The Sabbath rest, it was not only every seventh day, it was also every seventh year. They were allowed to work the land for six years, but on the seventh year, they had to let the land rest. God commanded this because the land needed to recuperate and gain back its minerals. Also, this was an act of trust and obedience to God. They were trusting God's provision by not farming for an entire year. Judgment was promised if they disobeyed God's Sabbath rest. I'm going to read to you Leviticus 25, 2-4. And Leviticus 26, 33-35. That's Leviticus 25, 2-4. And Leviticus 26, 33-35. Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I shall give you, then the land shall have a Sabbath to the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field, six years you shall prune your vineyard, and gather in its crops. But during the seventh year the land shall have a Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow your field, nor prune your vineyard. You, however, I will scatter among the nations, and will draw out a sword after you, as your land becomes desolate and your cities become waste. Then the land will enjoy its Sabbaths all the days of the desolation, while you are in your enemy's land. Then the land will rest and enjoy its Sabbaths all the days of its desolation. It will observe the rest, which it did not observe on your Sabbaths, while you were living on it. Second Chronicles thirty six twenty one, To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths all the days of its desolation, it kept Sabbath until seventy years were complete. God promised the Jews that he would kick them out of the land if they disobeyed him on this. Jeremiah twenty five eleven to 12 Jeremiah 29, 10-14 this whole land will be a desolation and a horror, and these nations will serve the king of Babylon seventy years. Then it will be, when seventy years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and the nation. So let's stop and think about that. For 490 years, they had not given the land its seventh year rest. So, seven years goes into 490, 70 times, and that would be seventy years 
that the land did not get its rest, and that's why they were in captivity 70 years. And once again, this is Jeremiah 25, 11 through 12, and Jeremiah 29, 10 through 14. Okay. Then it will be when 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, declares the Lord, for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans, and I will make it an everlasting desolation. Is that true? Babylon is still a desolation. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. Now remember this promise. The Lord says, I will visit you after when the 70 years have been completed. I'll visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to Jerusalem. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I'll listen to you. You'll seek me and find me when you search for me. With all your heart I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations, from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. Now isn't the Lord good? They had not given the land rest for 490 years, so the Lord gave the land its rest, and <clears throat> they were not uh, sharing the truth about Jehovah to the nations around them, so the Lord allowed them to take them captive so that their lifestyle would be evident and they would witness to them even though they even against their will, so to speak. <clears throat> but then he promises to bring them back. And that was fulfilled, of course, because the end of the 70 years was, was coming up and we're going to talk about that. In the book of Jeremiah, God told the people that he would exile them from the land for 70 years. This was the amount of time that the Sabbath rest had been disobeyed. Here in Ezra, we see that this 70-year period had elapsed, as Daniel had also anticipated, Daniel 9, 1 and 2. Ezra records that God moved King Cyrus to let the people back into the land. This was truly a supernatural event. Cyrus even returned the gold and silver that Nebuchadnezzar had sacked from the temple in 600 B.C. That can be found in Daniel 1. Of course, the length of the exile was set because of their disobedience to the Sabbath. But this wasn't the primary reason for the exile. They committed idolatry, child sacrifice, and ritual prostitution. That was the reason for being removed from the land. All right, now we're going to begin our study. And you understand the setting in which Daniel is speaking. We'll begin with Daniel 8, chapter 8, verse 1. Okay, so Daniel is realizing that the 70 years is, is almost up. <clears throat> Pardon me. And, well, actually, Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 9 says that, Daniel chapter 9, verse 2, he says, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And now we're going to go back to chapter 8, verse 1. Daniel um, is excited because the time is up and the Lord has promised to bring them back to Jerusalem. Now when this starts to happen to him, he begins to freak out. And I'll tell you in advance the reason why. is because it seems to him that the Lord is saying that they're going to stay captive for 2,300 more years. And he actually gets sick over it because... 
he thinks they're not going to get to go back to Jerusalem. He didn't get to go, but his his heart was with those with Jerusalem. And so this is his concern. But here we are. Let's start. Chapter 8, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. And I saw in a vision, and it came to pass when I saw that I was at Shushan in the palace, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in a vision, and I was by the river of Eli. This is the third year of Belshazzar, the last year of Babylon. Remember, Belshazzar is the one who held the feast, and the hand came and wrote on the wall. And that was when Cyrus uh, came in up the river with his army. Daniel was in Elam when he was given this vision. Daniel 8, 3 through 14 now. Then I lifted up mine eyes, and I saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram which had two horns. And the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward, so that no beasts might stand before him. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand. But he did according to his will and became great. And as I was considering, behold, and he goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran unto him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with choler against him, and smote the ram, and brake his two horns, and there was no power in the ram to stand before him, but he cast him down to the ground and stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong the great horn was broken, and for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them came forth a little horn. I just want to make note of this for some time, some future study for you. Um, Alexander the Great, he died young, drunk, and his four generals came up in his place. And they had the, the king of the north, the king of the south, the king of the east, and the king of the west came out of that. And out of one of those horns, a little horn came up. That little horn became the papacy of Rome. And that horn that it came out of was Macedonia, which was, I think, in the east, if I remember correctly. That was not the king of the north. Make note of that. That was not. Rome is not the king of the north. All right, okay, moving on. Um, and out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land. And it waxed great even to the host of heaven. And it cast down some of the host and of the stars to the ground, and stamped upon them. Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily was taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down, and an host was given against the daily by reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth to the ground, and practiced and prospered. Then I heard one saint speaking, and another saint said, Unto that certain saint which spake, How long? shall be the vision concerning the daily and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot. 
And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, or years, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Symbols are given. There's a ram, there's a rough goat, there's a little horn, and the 2300 days. Those are symbols. Now, um, Daniel 8, 15. Daniel 8, 15. Daniel sought for, the, to, for understanding. He wanted to understand the meaning. It came to pass when I, Daniel, had seen the vision, and I sought for the meaning, then behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. Let's read in Prophets and Kings, page 553. Often had Daniel and his companions gone over these and similar prophecies, outlining God's purpose for his people. And now is the rapid course of events Betokened the mighty hand of God at work among the nations, Daniel gave special thought to the promises made to Israel. His faith in the prophetic word led him to enter into experiences foretold by the sacred writers. After seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, the Lord had declared, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Daniel eight sixteen. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. Gabriel was commissioned to make him understand. Daniel 8, 20. So here he is, he's explaining to him. The ram which you saw, having two horns, are the kings of Media and Persia. So an animal is a kingdom, Media and Persia, and the two horns are the two kings. Okay, I'm reading to... Okay. Okay, Daniel eight twenty one. Daniel eight twenty one, and the rough goat is the king of Grecia, and the great horn that's between his eyes is the first king. The goat is a symbol of Greece. Daniel eight six and seven. So we're back to Daniel eight six and seven. And he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran unto him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with choler against him, and smote the ram, and brake his two horns. And there was no power in the ram to stand before him, but he cast him down to the ground, and stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hands. So the overthrow of Grisha by Medo-Persia was foretold. Daniel 8, verse 8. Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn, which was Alexander the Great, was broken. He died of drunkenness. And for it came up four notable ones, his generals, towards the four winds of heaven. They took their, they, um, they split up the kingdom of Alexander the Great among the four of them. 
Some one took the east, the one took the west, one took the south, one took the north. All right. Um, and verse 22. And until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom and ate. I'm sorry, and chapter 11, verse 4. And when he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken and shall be divided toward the four winds of heaven and not to his posterity, nor according to his dominion, which he ruled for his kingdom shall be plucked up even for others beside those. So yes, it was his generals, not his children that got control of his kingdom. Alrighty. Grisha was divided into four divisions. Or Greece, Grisha. Daniel 8, 24 and 25. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper in practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace, let's see, instead of peace, there's a margin note here, 25, um, or prosperity, peace or prosperity, he shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. 26 or, yeah, he'll be broken without hand, so that was, was that what I just read, 26 and 27, or did I just read, sorry. <laughs> so the power following Grisha, which will be understood at the time of the end, verse 17. So he came near where I stood, and when he came I was afraid, and I fell upon my face. But he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision at the time of the end, you see. It wasn't for Daniel's time. So what he was showing Daniel was what would happen at the time of the end. Daniel eight twenty six and 27. And the vision of the evenings and the morning, evening and the morning, which was told is true. Wherefore, shut thou up the vision, for it shall be for many days. So he was told to shut up that vision. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick, Certain days afterward I rose up and did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. Okay. Gabriel began to explain the time mentioned in the 14th verse, but Daniel fainted, and he couldn't understand. And we talked about why he was extra worried. He was concerned that all this time would be added to the 70 years before Israel could be restored or rebuilt. Let's read Prophets and Kings, page 554. Through another vision, further light was thrown upon the events of the future. And it was at the close of this vision that Daniel heard one saint speaking, and another saint said unto that certain saint which spake, How long shall be the vision? The answer that was given unto 2,300 days. Then shall the sanctuary be cleansed filled him with perplexity, 
Earnestly he sought for the meaning of the vision. He could not understand the relation sustained by the seventy years' captivity, as foretold through Jeremiah, to the twenty-three hundred years that in vision he heard the heavenly visitant declare should elapse before the cleansing of God's sanctuary. The angel Gabriel gave him partial interpretation. Yet, when the prophet heard the words, the vision shall be for many days, he fainted away. Yes, heartsick. I, Daniel, fainted, he records of his experience. I was sick certain days. Afterward, I rose up and did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. Still burdened in behalf of Israel, Daniel studied and knew the prophecies of Jeremiah. They were very plain, so plain that he understood by these testimonies recorded in books the number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the prophet, that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And, of course, that was Daniel 9-2. Um, Daniel 9, verse 1. I think I'm through with that book now. Well, maybe not. Daniel 9, verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, okay, the first year of Medo-Persian's universal reign, since the vision of the eighth chapter of Babylon had been overthrown. So a lot had happened between chapter 8, what we had been reading, and now in chapter 9. So, verse 2, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. He studied Jeremiah's prophecy, Jeremiah 25, 11. Hmm. And Jeremiah said, and this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. That's what Jeremiah had prophesied. And, verse 12, And it shall come to pass, when seventy years are accomplished, that I will punish the king of Babylon, and that nation, saith the Lord, for their iniquity, and the land of the Chaldeans, and will make it a perpetual desolation, which is true today. Jeremiah twenty nine ten. For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. Oh, okay. Page 555. I did miss a page. Prophets and Kings, page 555. Get back in there. I set my face unto the Lord God, the prophet declared, to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. And though Daniel had long been in the service of God and had been spoken of by heaven as greatly beloved, yet he now appeared before God as a sinner urging the great need of the people he loved. 
His prayer was eloquent in its simplicity and intensely earnest. Hear him pleading, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day, to the men of Judah, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel, that are near and that are far off, through all the countries whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. Hmm. Um, I think we're supposed to read page five. Oh, that's tomorrow. Daniel nine thirteen to nineteen. Daniel nine thirteen to nineteen. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us. Yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand Thy truth. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. And now, O Lord our God, that has brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and hast gotten thee renowned as at this day, we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness I beseech thee, Thy righteousness, I beseech thee. Mm. Let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now, therefore, O our, o our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications. Cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary, that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O oh my God, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes, and behold our desolations in the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplication before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. O oh my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Daniel's prayer reveals fear of lengthened capacity of captivity. Yeah, he was afraid they were going to be in captivity 2,300 more years. But uh, we're going to continue to study more tomorrow. I'm going to go back and recap what we've learned today and then bring this to a close for the day. This was in the third year of Belshazzar. It, that was the last year of Babylon. Daniel was Elam and Shushan, which was uh, the where Esther lived as queen. And he must have been visiting on king's business. The symbols were given. There was a ram, a rough goat, a little horn, and the 2300 days. The ram, as Gabriel explained, was um, Medo-Persia with the two horns, the two kings of the two different nations. There was a rough goat, which was Alexander, and there was a little horn. Well, the rough goat, actually, he died young. Alexander did from a drunken brawl. And uh, so of that one horn which was him, 
four little horns came up. That was his four generals to the four winds of the king of the winds, northeast, south, and west. And a little horn came out of the horn of the east, which was Macedonia. And that was the papacy and the 2300 days, which are 2300 years. And we're going to get into all of that in the future study. Daniel sought for the meaning of all of this. Gabriel commissioned to make him understand. And the Grisha overthrew Medo-Persia. Grisha was divided into four divisions. Um, the power following Grisha will be understood at the time of the end. Gabriel began to explain the time mentioned in the 14th verse. Daniel fainted. He couldn't understand. That was in the first year of Medo-Persia's universal reign. Since the vision of the 8th chapter, Babylon had been overthrown. Daniel studied Jeremiah's prophecy, and Daniel's prayer revealed the fear of a lengthened captivity. All right, let's close with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the book of Daniel and for the book of Revelation. Thank you for your movement that began in the early 1800s that fulfilled the prophecy of that very movement. We are praying, Lord, that was the early reign, but we're praying that we will understand that early reign because if we don't accept and receive the early reign, we will not be benefited by the latter reign. Help your people, Lord, to come into line. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. I'm grateful that you joined me today. I hope to see you tomorrow as we continue this interesting study.